You're now listening to the Thousand Story Podcast, presented by Thousand Story. Welcome to the Thousand Story Podcast. We are your hosts, Najee and Luis. <laughs> Switch it up on you. you know I was going to say, I, like, honestly, for a moment, I was going to say Najee. <laughs> I was going to say I was Najee. All good. It's all good. I can take a moment to breathe. Uh, so what is our topic for today, Luis? So today we're talking about the 10 different paths. Um, I personally love discussing this because, uh, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I get pretty anxious about um, get that feeling of like like not having accomplished something or, you know, like you're just like not getting anywhere, which I feel like a lot of creatives mm, get mm. this feeling of even even though you're like working super hard on something and and you do really well with it and people receive it well, you still have this just self-deprecating doubt. Yeah. Where you're just like, damn, am I doing well? Like... <laughs> Yeah, you could always be better. There could yeah, always be more likes. Exactly, exactly. And so um, I've always, I don't know why I've done this. Well, I mean, I know exactly why I've done this because of that fact. But I I like searching stories of uh, famous people who um, <laughs> were doing like really shitty jobs. Like <laughs> uh, like myself, um, you know, having done those. And um, it just makes me feel a lot better inside. <laughs> just to know that. They weren't, like, always famous, you know? Absolutely. Because for most of the time, you're just like, oh, this specific person that I've known all my life, like, that's all they've ever done. It's just been famous and doing really cool right, stuff. There, there is no backstory. Just, yeah, exactly. They're here. They've always been here. You're just like, oh, yeah. Famous person always being famous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I just, I just love searching stories like that. So, I feel like it would be really cool to just talk about that for people like myself— <laughs> who get very anxious about not being somewhere and just knowing and realizing that, you know, everyone's... You're not alone. You're not alone. There everyone's are on us. their own time. There's a club. Don't worry. Don't stress so much. Like, <laughs> you're doing you're doing the right thing. You're doing as much as you can. Yeah, you're doing take, your best. Take your time. Just be consistent. That's what matters. That's what matters. matters. So, with that being said, who is our first one? So, uh, first, I think everyone's heard the story uh, about Oprah. And when she was 23 years old, yep. she got fired um, from her first reporting job. And they basically told her, you know, that she's that she should never be a reporter ever. Damn. Which is wild. That's crazy. She's Oprah. Because she's bro. Oprah. This is Oprah, bro. You she's can't... like building schools for people now. She is, she's you know, like. Oprah is is the definition of like oh sorry I'm Oprah I can like do whatever I want yeah like, exactly like oh your life is so hard you're yeah. oh I'm sorry I'm Oprah like Yo, which is wild because like okay so say it's like the whole Michael Jordan thing to me you know what I mean when Michael Jordan like tried out for the high school basketball team Whoa. and they were like nah you're not good enough <laughs> and he just practiced and practiced and he's now he's Michael Jordan now you he's know what Michael I mean? Jordan now that dude's got shoes. 
that costs like $150. A pair. A pair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's um, wild. He's yeah. a dick though. But other than I mean, that, yeah, he's not a nice guy. But, but Oprah, on the other hand, was told, like, fired from her reporting job, and they were like, you should never be a reporter ever. Went on to do her own show, and then she built a school, and now she has her own network. Yeah. She, she, eyes. So she's balling, man. She is balling. She's balling. Um, but speaking of people on TV, uh, you know, like another good example that uh, we were talking about, I guess, making the list was uh, Tina Fey. Um, so she Yo, started. Tina Fey, man. Tina Fey is out here. Yo, she's done so much. So much. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about it, right? So she had obviously you know her from SNL. Yes, you know her from head writer, dude. Head head writer, writer of SNL, female head writer. Yeah, uh, you know from Thirty Rock. You know her from Mean Girls. Yes, you know Unbreakable her from, Kimmy Schmidt. Now, like she's on fire. Yeah. These are just some things that we yeah. people might know, but she has been around for a while. Yes, yes. But she didn't start this until her mid twenties. Mid yeah. how old was she? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. She because she was it was still, like late twenties, almost like like. Post-26, I want to say. Yeah, she because it says here, at 23, she was still working at, at YMCA, you know, yeah. living with a roommate in Chicago, you know, taking classes at Second City. Second City, mind you, is, I believe it's like an improv. It's an improvisational group. Yeah, it's improvisational. Yeah. So she met, like, Amy Poehler there. She yep. met, like, so she met some of the homies. She like, met a lot of the homies. Yeah, yeah. that those were the that day ones. That helped build that whole world of SNL. Yeah, yeah. and that was post-college years, right? That's, oh, yeah, yeah. That's, like, career. Graduated college, moves to Chicago with a roommate, has a shitty job you know? working at the YMCA. Yeah. And then taking classes, like, which is the the crazy part is that she was still taking classes, like, and writing, and then was seen, you know, as as in, in the Second City troupe. Yeah. And then was picked up, worked as a writer for SNL, yep, and yep, then yep. made her way up as head writer. And now she's just like making her own shows and doing her own thing. Exactly. Because that was the first thing I'm pretty sure she did right after SNL was did 30 Rock immediately. Yeah. And that was huge. She just huge switched acclaim. over. It was yeah. smooth. Well, no, obviously she had Mean Girls in between. That oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She, she did do Mean Girls. Yeah. But, so, I mean, so she was writing. I mean, so she wrote movies and got into that. Yep. Yeah. No, but it's crazy. But And she's worked with a ton of other people, too, like uh, Donald Glover. Yep. Donald Glover. You know how much we love Donald Glover yeah. on this show. Like, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I feel it, like every episode, we're just we like, Donald Glover's so dope. Childish like. Gambino. <laughs> Sorry, we love you. Yeah. No, but, but Donald Glover was a was an ex... He wasn't an extra, but he was writing for the show. Mm-hmm. And then was yeah. even... He even appeared on the show. Yeah. A few, I don't remember if it was once or twice, but it was a few times, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even while he was on... He was writing for 30 Rock, writing and starring in Community... Um, and then, you know, all the, all the meanwhile— I didn't know he was writing for Community. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, he was doing a lot. Really? Yeah. I thought that was—well, that is Dan Harmon. It's Dan Harmon and his—there's another partner. Uh, who's the guy? I don't remember that guy. But, yeah, he was writing, yeah. For, he was writing for Community as well. Um, and That's then, awesome. you know, obviously he had the Childish Gambino project. Yeah. But the crazy thing is, that didn't even pop off. Okay, like, there's, there's like, cult classics and people who, like, kind of have following. Sure. Like, he had yeah. kind of, like, a following and people knew him as Childish Gambino. But, like, he didn't pop off to where people are like, Childish Gambino, ooh, Red Bull's my joint. Like, yeah. he didn't pop off to that nah, point. No, because this, this album, Awaken My Love, is... Well, 2016. Right? It's huge. That was when his yeah. ninth or tenth project. Like, are you as, for real? Ch- as Childish Gambino. You're, bro, you're lying. 
ninth or tenth. I can't remember the, the, the order of it in there, but the, literally. So if you if you go back to the beginning of when he started doing stuff as Childish Gambino, or before that, MC That's DJ, wild, right? When he was doing stuff as MC DJ, just Yo, instrumental hip hop. That was his name, bro. Yo, MC DJ. What a name. <laughs> that was 2006. Holy when, sh- when he released it, mind you. So he was probably working on it before that point, obviously. Damn, well, I mean, yeah. So he released it in 06. Then they, he still wasn't even Childish Gambino yet. Um, then he hit that random name generator, yeah. right? Came up with Childish Gambino, or rather the random name generator did. Yeah. And then started releasing stuff under that in 2008. He had like, in between 2008 and 2014, like eight, like I said, eight or nine projects. Dude, that's... That's crazy. And, you know, they were all kind of, they not slept on, but, like, again, you don't, you didn't know of Childish Gambino to the, the extent to the that you do now, now yeah. until Awaken My Love. Yeah. That was eight or nine, like years. Yeah. It was years. That's a long time to be and working he's, on one he's project. what, 28, 29 now? 20, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's still in his, his late 20s. Late 20s. Lando. I mean, granted, he's doing great for himself. Yeah. Like, you know, if he's still in his, his late 20s. But... That being said, it still took him eight years to get to this point. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. That's a long time. That's a, that's a ridiculously long time. Yeah, because, like, for me, the only albums that I ever— When I first heard of Childish Gambino was the Bonfire. Right. EP. Which was is a e- fire EP. Which is a fire EP. Yeah. yeah I think— but that's the first time— I think— uh, No, I think it was Camp. Bonfire oh, wait, might have been— Bonfire was the, was the single, I off think. Off of Camp. Off of Camp. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, so Because it was, it was Camp and then— Right after that was be- because of the internet. Uh, was it? Yeah, because or was of the something internet. between that. There was because of the internet, and then I think Kawaii, which was a small mini EP. Yeah, I remember that came out after yeah. because of the internet. Yeah, um, but I think honestly, like I didn't even hear of him until like because the internet had just been released. Yep. And then I went back and I was like, Oh, oh okay, got okay, cool. It, got it. And then I went, you know, yeah. And then I just followed his career after that. Yeah, but that's yeah. and that again, that's eight plus years. That's just crazy to grinding me, and putting stuff out and just seeing what happens. It, you just, it's a testament to show you, it, it does not happen overnight. No. <laughs> At all. Slow, steady growth. Um, speaking That's of the biggest thing. 28 or 29 year olds, another one, one of my influences, my inspirations, yeah. Pharrell Williams. So it's not that he popped off at 28 or 29. You know, he was still doing work. He was still active. He was gaining kind of like a re- recognition and, Pharrell, and reputation. But he didn't drop the first Nerd album, which is what everybody would mostly know him for. You know, the, the Neptunes were, were, yeah. were his uh, production team. Him, Chad Hugo, those were the yep. Neptunes. Yep. Right. But Nerd was the band that consisted of him, Chad Hugo. Um, <sighs> there's one other dude. There's two other dudes. Is there? Uh, yeah. Mike... <laughs> Something and I can't remember the other two dudes terribly. Um, Yo, they're back though. They are back. They're touring or something. They are back. Which wait, are know, they? They're dropping a project too. They did drop a project. They dropped Fuck, it. Man, I'm late. <laughs> I'm, I'm late. I'm terrible because I don't remember the other two names. <laughs> but those guys didn't even drop the first album until 2001. That would put him at 28. At 29. Yo, that's crazy. You know, he was he was you know again grinding away yeah. with the Neptunes and, and stuff before that point. Um, but even then, with the Neptunes. He didn't actually start, um, you know, kind of gain a reputation as uh, him and Chad didn't start gaining a reputation as like a production duo until like 97, 98 when they That's really wild. started popping off. And then they short, shortly in like 98, they did uh, Khaleesi's album, Kaleidoscope, uh, Kaleidoscope, yeah. something with a scope in it. Milkshake, man. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that, that, that Milkshake didn't come out on that one. That was a later one. But still, though, I mean, Milkshake's classic. Milkshake's but I don't know if that classic. was him. Um, anyway, yeah. So I think it was, man. 
Well, it, it sounds like it could be. I it mean, because it's like got it that be. three, the boom, the boom, the boom, the boom. Like, you know, that's for real. That's for real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that was, that's years. See, that's crazy to me because, like, for me, like, I, I don't know. I've always loved Pharrell. And Pharrell, like, I don't know. I know he's been a huge inspiration in your life. But, mm-hmm. like, musically, he's always also been an inspiration to me. Mamacita is, like, such a great song. Absolutely. That's like a, that's like a B-side that, like, no one knows about. But anyway, <laughs> like, I I just always thought he was just famous. Like, I just saw, like, I've always just known for, you know what I mean? Pharrell. Like, he's just been, like, a household name to me for, like, a, such a long time. Like, it's just crazy to think yeah. that he was, like, 28. When he was doing, because most of the time, like especially in the entertainment industry, it's in your twenties. Yeah, when you get, you know what I mean. But like early twenties, early twenties, or like late teens. Exactly. That you, that you, you're you're fresh. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's when you don't know any better. Exactly. That's why. That's why they grab you. Precisely (laughs) why. But yeah, he he was he was late. But the thing was, he was he was already established in the game. I grant you, but he was he didn't actually gain recognition for it. Way yeah, later, yeah, yeah. which is which crazy, is, which is wild. But somebody else who was who is around that same age, yeah, right? Michael, Michael B. B. Jordan, Michael B. Jordan, Michael not B. Jordan. a dick, awesome guy, really nice guy. Also has his parents moved in with him because he's that much. He's, he's that cool. He's just you know? dope. Anyway, so Michael B. We found out um, actually after the wire. So if you know, so he was in the wire. So he was in the wire. Which is a very cult classic. I can't Incredible remember. Incredible show, man. It's, it's, it takes place in Baltimore about gang violence and drugs yeah. and the politics and police. Like it blew up. It's it's yeah. it's iconic, right? I think my favorite line still from that show is, oh God, I can't remember his character, but he's like, oh shit. Oh, the, the, <laughs> one, the old dude. black dude? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he's always just like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> Yo, iconic. It's never going to so, go away. Clearly, people know about that, right? <laughs> You know, they saw Michael in that, and they were like, "Wow, it's beautiful!" Like it was like it was like, "Wow, okay, he's yeah. an actor." Even after that, he was still sleeping on his friend's couch. He moved to L.A. Yo, that's crazy. And Didio didn't have a place to stay. Didn't have like, a place to sleep. Yeah, just we, networking and just friends that he happened to have in L.A. that helped him. That's you know, wild, pick his man. feet up, and or <laughs> pick, pick you know pick himself up on his feet, but. Even like while he was in LA, you know, it wasn't just like okay, now I'm in LA, now I can start acting. He was he was getting denied from like Jack in the Box when he would go and apply for like Yo, what? fast food. Yeah, like they were like you're overqualified like, to work at Jack in the to Box. To work at Jack in the Box, my dude. What the? F- <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, what? Like, How? It's I, I don't know. I I am not part of Jack in the Boxes. Excuse it, me, sir. Um, <laughs> you seem to be smart. <laughs> like, I, what we can you say? Like. You. I'm sorry about this, sir. You you seem like you're actually succeeding. Mm, yeah, like <laughs> we're gonna have to pause on that. Not no, to say that weird. anybody who works at Jack in the Box is no. not succeeding. I'm just I'm looking down just, on Jack in the Box. It's like, well, like why? why would you? Why? So, that makes no sense. You know, just goes to show you. Even the, you, we obviously know Michael B. Jordan's relevance now, as Black Panther just came yeah. out, number four grossing movie of all time. You know, in Marvel's highest grossing movie of all of time, all time, yeah, and. He's just blown up, and it's just go. He's just been plugging away that long. He's for such a long time. Now. That was yeah. when the wire came out. He was like twenty one. That sounds about right. Because that, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because that was our late two thousands. Late two thousand. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So it, it takes a while. 
you know, Michael yeah. B. Jordan has been in the game for a while. Yeah, and that's, I think that's something that, like, people don't realize, too. Like, when you see somebody in, like, a music video or you see somebody on TV, you automatically think, like, oh, they're set. Yeah, they're good. Like, they're doing, that's their job. Like, now that they're making money, like, probably got a big house somewhere in the Hamptons. Instantly. Yeah, but that's just, that's not the case. Not the case. Not the case when it comes to art. Not that job. <laughs> <laughs> um, but speaking of Marvel, Stan Lee also had a late start. Also had a very yes. late start. You tell me. Tell, tell me. About yeah. Those. So Stan Lee started writing comics in 1939. Right. Word. Wait. 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 Damn. 1939. <laughs> yeah. 1939 is when he started writing this comics. Is like a, a decade after the Prohibition. Like. Yeah. <laughs> so he started writing comics around that time. And he didn't release the Fantastic Four, which was the first Marvel comic, until he was 39 years old. 39. Dude was almost hitting 40. Still, okay, at that time, still writing comics. Right. Right? I can't imagine what people were thinking back then. Like, bro, why are you messing around with cartoons? (laughs) Like, didn't your mom tell you to get a job? Get yourself a real job, Stan Lee. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's crazy. And now it's like this... Multi-billion dollar company. That's I mean, just, which was taken over by Walt Disney ultimately. Right, but, right, right, right. But, but, but they sold it. You know, but, they yeah. sold it for that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. They, you know, they pay him like a million dollars a year just to be Stanley. Damn. Yeah. My, girl, Stanley. my girlfriend's dad is friends with him. He actually wrote a, Tom Filsinger wrote a book huh. with Stanley and just says it's just the nicest dude. Huh. Nicest dude ever. Well, yeah, Which is wild. Yeah, we're only what? Uh, technically, I'm one, two, three, four degrees of separation away from uh, Stanley. From Stanley, yeah. I'm only three, which is crazy. Exactly. Well, actually, wait, one, because I know, I know Tom. True. Yeah. True. You like wild? Him. Damn. That's crazy to me too. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of forty year old dudes, by the way, actually a bonus one that I forgot about. Yeah. Um. So Gordon Ramsay. Oh, word. Didn't even get in the cook. Okay, obviously, you know, context here. Gordon Ramsay, popular chef. Yes. Super known for being pissed off at everyone, just yeah, yeah, raging. Yeah. I mean, it's his personality. Was I don't, he? Okay, hold on. Was he Hell's Kitchen? Is he Hell's Kitchen? Yes. Okay, word. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, you know. So I Gordon just know Ramsay. who he is just because I know Gordon Ramsay, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, this chicken is so fucking yeah. raw. It's so dry. Like, that's that's him. You know, he's, yeah. but. Do better. <laughs> <laughs> you waste of human space. Like, that's that's him, right? And obviously, he's a three-star three Michelin chef, like, but he's he's established. Like, he's right. a bunch of restaurants. Yes. Like, he's there, right? But he didn't even start doing that until after he couldn't get into his soccer uh, career. Like, wait, what? Yeah, he was originally p- trying to play soccer full-time, or I guess football in the UK. Um, but he ended up having an injury and had to completely stop playing soccer. And then he got into cooking. It was like, work. Yo, that's wild. Yeah, completely shifted. Like, yo, that's crazy. So he just... God, what was I going to say? <laughs> <laughs> so he basically had a dream to be a soccer player. Yeah, and he was doing... He was couldn't like, fulfill that dream. Nope. And then decided to do something else. I'm going to cook now. Dude, <laughs> I understand him so much better now. <laughs> now that I know that he, was a, he wanted to be in soccer. No, no, for real. Because, like, think about it. Like, when you're an athlete, like, they they degrade you. <laughs> they yeah. yell at you, like, 
Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. So he's training his chefs like, like athletes. Yeah. That totally makes sense then. Yo, yeah. I have such an appreciation for the man now. <laughs> I've never had this before. I look at Hell's Kitchen entirely differently now. I do. <laughs> it's like a training camp. Oh, gosh. But, um, no, it's just crazy to me that, like, so many people, like, like had these, like, really, really, like, dreams or just, like, really shitty jobs. Like, another person who had a shitty job. Um, so, Stephen King. Mm. Actually, when he was 24, he was working as a janitor. Because um, right, his, right. his brother, I want to say, or brother-in-law, I don't know. But his brother was working as a, as a janitor. So, he was doing, he did it for, like, a summer. And that's where he... Um, like living in a trailer, and that's where he got his idea to write Carrie, which was the the horror book that basically popped off and like right. made the right. cult classic film and all that stuff. But yeah, so he, during his time as a high school janitor, he um he just got inspired by the atmosphere, I guess. Okay. He read a, and then he also read like a Lifetime magazine um, article about uh, like telekinesis and really? how yeah how like poltergeists. Um, could potentially come from just someone having telekinetic powers and like moving objects in the room and it just like freaks them out. Right. Um, and people who um, could potentially have this, hold this power yeah. more often than not are females or girls, adolescent girls around the time that they have they're, their, they become, they come, they flower. The menzies. Is that, how do we say that? <laughs> that yeah exactly when, when puberty occurs and so yeah when puberty occurs for a female and and so hard. then he <laughs> basically married the two ideas together and he came up with Carrie that's crazy as well and he was actually so depressed at the time that while he was writing the book he hated it for a moment mm. and he ended up throwing it away and his what yeah, right exactly the book that like, like popped him off and his wife Fished the book out, like the manuscript out, yeah, and brought it back to him. And was like, listen, you got to finish, finish this. this. You got to do this. Stop being a damn fool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, the dude was a janitor. That's crazy. Like Stephen King. You know, also you wrote, you know, it and, and whatnot. So yeah, he, he wrote um, oh, it, which is now doing a remake. Right, did the yeah, yeah did completely. Um, who what else did he do? I think he, did he do Misery as well? I don't know if he did Misery. I, I, don't, I know he him. did Sell. He did sell. Yeah, which uh, is a great one. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. He's done a lot. But he's, yeah. he's known mostly in the, in the, in the author, in, in the book realm, more than the, the movie realm. I mean, yeah, but a yeah, lot yeah. of his books have been adapted. To a lot movies. of his books have been adapted but he's to just, movies. But he's good at what he does. Yeah. Which is just wild, because he's one of the most popular authors. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's comforting to know that he had one of the crappiest jobs Literally. <laughs> Not because he's a bad person, but just because someone, like a janitor, yeah. could become the, one of the world's greatest writers of all of time. All time. Yeah, which is crazy. Wild. J.K. Rowling also had a crazy story. Damn, she, wait, how many, how many people were we at so far? Uh, this is, I don't know, man, maybe like eight or nine or ten. We said 10 different paths, but we probably lying. It's probably yeah. like 12 or 13. Just yeah. disclaimer, we are not false advertisers. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> so, yeah. So, J.K. Rowling, um, she, when she was like 28, she was like, she was going through it, man. She was actually suicidal for a little bit. I think I saw, I heard, read some of her bio. Um, yeah, she she had like an abusive uh, relationship with her husband. Yeah. Um, yeah. Children got taken away or something like that. I got- so, mind you, well, so... 
So I don't think her daughter got taken away. Okay. I don't think that was it. But um, so she is currently one of the wealthiest women in the world. Right. Right. So let's just start the story there. <laughs> <laughs> let's just start from the top. Let's start from, yeah, exactly. So she wrote, um, I mean, she, she knew she always wanted to be a writer. Right. Right. Um, and she she just just basically described like the most traumatizing moments in her life. Okay. Um, her mother died in like New Year's Day in 91 Damn. when she was 25. And that was like six months after she began writing, starting to write Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't so I don't know if you noticed, but like a lot of in Harry Potter, it focuses around the like death. Mm hmm. Right, which I now looking back on, it really it totally yeah, makes sense. It totally makes sense because his parents died. Like, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Kind of like an anyway. for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So her mother died, and then she moved to Portugal to try to just fresh oh. start, right? <laughs> and she was teaching English um, as a foreign language, right? Word, so word, like word. doing like an ESL, ESL teaching, thing, yeah, yeah. Um, she started dating this man Jorge uh, Arantes, became pregnant. Moved into a small two-bedroom apartment with Arantes' mother, right? Okay. And then they had a miscarriage. She goes in-depth into her story. Yeah. Had a miscarriage. They married in October 92. She then gave birth to her daughter, Jessica, in July 93. Um, And then they had a, like, super rocky marriage that lasted 13 months. So, your mother dies at 25. You move to Portugal to teach English. You get married to this guy, you miss Scary, and then you have a daughter, and then within that whole year, you get, you just get divorced. And it was abusive. And Yeah, and it was abusive. It was awful. It was a a really crappy marriage, yeah. So then J.K. Rowling and her daughter Jessica returned to the UK to live in Edinburgh, Scotland, which is a gorgeous place. Hmm. Um... And then she was basically just carrying around, like, the only three chapters of Harry Potter that she had written in her suitcase. And she spent time in, like, this really, really crappy small apartment, um, basically just falling into this huge deep depression, considering suicide. She was basically relying on state benefits Mm. uh, and spent most of her time, like, in cafes with her young daughter next to her, writing and finishing Harry Potter. That's wild. Which is, yeah. I wow. That's that story is just like a huge testament of just like how like the the will to to prevail. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause after yeah. going through so much, man. Yeah, I've been I'm not a, mil- a billionaire yet, but I've been in her shoes. Just they, just at that low, yeah. just that dark and just that and depressed and just like, why, why am I even yeah. doing this? Why does anything even matter? Why does it matter anymore? That's she was actually quoted saying, uh, an exceptionally short-lived marriage had imploded and I was jobless, a lone parent, and as poor as it is possible to be in modern Britain without being homeless, by every usual standard, I was the biggest failure I knew. Damn. And now this woman, I'm so glad that like all these wonderful things have happened to her. Since then. Since then, yeah. Because, like, now she's one of the wealthiest women, but someone who actually deserves it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Wow, Yeah. Wow. Snaps. <laughs> snaps. Snaps for you. <laughs> no, nah, but that's that's just crazy. I just, I, lo- I also just love J.K. Rowling in general. Absolutely. But, yeah. She made, she made an iconic series. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of iconic series, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford. Our dude Han Solo. Yeah, 
Han Solo. That guy. Let's talk about it. So you more you know more information than I do. But if yeah. You, so I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, 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 no. So if you know of the Star Wars series, right? You know yes. the original ones came out in the 70s. Right? Yes. That was what 1977. I want to say ish. Yeah, yeah. For the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. Right. And at that time, he was like. 35, 40-ish? 30. Yeah, 33, I think. 33. So he was, yeah. All right, so his story is kind of funny, too. Go for it, bro. Because (laughs) he did some weird stuff. All right, so in 1964, right? Mm -hmm. He moved with his then-wife, Mary, to Hollywood. And then he got a spot at Columbia Pictures, new talent program. He was basically making $150 a week. Just, you know. Damn. Yeah. His career really didn't didn't develop at all with Columbia, so he ended up leaving them. Um, but he signed on with a similar deal with Universal, which is just, all right, just, it's interesting to see, like, how many times he's, like, switched from company yeah. to company, right? And then he was saying that, like, at the time, he was just doing, like, guest spots, and he really feared, like, becoming just a guest star. Right. Because then people would only see him as a guest star. And he would only get work as a guest star, meaning he wouldn't get any sort of fame whatsoever. Like, or or it's a yeah, future, yeah. you know, like a primary art. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, which would suck. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a struggle that musicians have now. Yeah. You know, where it's literally like you, you, in, in the EDM realm, especially, mm. where you have a bunch of featured singers who, depending on it, what their contract is, some of them can't even put their names on the songs. Because, you know, they have that's a contract crazy. that say they cannot release music outside of that that contract. Anyway, that's a whole different co- co- conversation. Shoot. But that, it's, it's a common struggle. That's just anyway, weird. Back to Harrison. Anyway, yeah, so Harrison Ford, 1970. Uh, he purchases a home in the Hollywood Hills. And um, apparently the story goes that it was just, like, really crappy. He had to fix it up. And he started learning carpentry hmm. as a courtesy of the Encino Public Library. And he just got really into it. And his first started working as a comp- carpenter then mm-hmm. because it was making her more money. His first big carpentry job was building a $100,000 studio for a Brazilian band leader, Sergio Mendes. What? Yeah. My dude, Sergio. I love Sergio. Right? Oh, yeah. Man. Isn't that crazy? So Harrison Ford is building a studio for this dude and... Um, he, I mean, he always wanted to be an actor, but at that point in time, it was just he just wasn't making enough money. I mean, like right. one fifty a week, or uh, build a studio for Sergio Mendes for a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then after that, he kind of had like a little small role in a George Lucas film, uh, American Graffiti. Hmm. Um, How old was he at this point? So this was nineteen seventy three. Right. So it was before, obviously, before Star Wars came. Yeah, out. Yeah, it's just before Star Wars came out. And then um, he basically just got, like, super small roles. And then um, he was working— So Lucas was casting for his next film, Star Wars. And um, rather, he was doing this thing where he was just, like, trying to cast each actor individually. Because hmm. um, so, he wanted to see, like, how they would do as, as, like, as like, a group. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was just kind of, like, handpicking people and then, like, putting them in a group together. Makes sense. So he had different groups. He had Leia, Luke, and Han interacting with each other. Um, so he had, like, five Leias, five Lukes, and he had four Hans. <laughs> <laughs> so somehow George Lucas found out that, that Harrison Ford was available. So he agreed to meet with Ford. Um, 
just to kind of get another group, really. Right. You know, and then for some reason, George Lucas just really took to him. And during the auditions, Harrison Ford was reading like all of the lines <laughs> for everyone. <laughs> and then at the end of all the reading, he was just, George Lucas just came to Harrison. And he was just like, all right, man. So <laughs> I know you helped me audition like all the other actors, but I want you in this movie now. <laughs> And That's then he became wild. Han Solo. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Harrison, what a life. That's just crazy to me. <laughs> like, he was making a lot of money in carpentry, too. What if, like, and he was a good carpenter. Bro, like, according probably, to Sergio Mendes, he was a good carpenter. He probably still does it, like, on, on the side. Like, or just like a, I'd like, imagine, a pastime man. type thing. I would do it if I, if I learned something, like a random skill that was, like, dope. Like, carpentry? Like, yeah. You can make stuff, bro. Yeah. That's cool. You can build houses. And you can make money from that? What? Yeah. Yeah, I'd still be doing it in my pastime. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I would name it like he's my done. own name. But I just think like he's like 75, name. man. Yeah, he's, he's up there. But I mean like casual carpentry, yeah. if that's a thing. I'm not sure if that is a thing. But if there were a thing, such a thing as casual carpentry, <laughs> I, would be, I would be doing it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, damn, that was him at, like, 30-something? 30-something. Yo, Christopher Walken was actually considered for Han Solo. Really? Yeah. That would have been very funny. That would have been... I just don't know if it would have been the same. It would not have been the same at all. Yeah. But that would have been hilarious. Uh, Like, just all those weird (laughs) pauses. What are you doing? Luke, why are you kissing your sister? (laughs) Death Star. It's over there. (laughs) You sure we'll be able to get in? I don't. (laughs) I don't there's enough space. It's a tiny hole. <laughs> Can you make the shots? <laughs> that's my Yo, Christopher Walken. That's a good Christopher Walken. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh gosh. That's awesome. Oh, damn. Where were yeah. we? Oh, right. Yeah. So, next on the list, you know, just to kind of jump into a different area, spice right? it up. Vera Wang. Vera Wang, yeah. fashion is iconic. For, everybody's iconic, iconic fashion designer. Everybody's Super iconic, iconic, but yeah. Vera Wang, fashion designer, more specifically, really in in the the wedding arena. Um, mm-hmm. in the, mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, like basically like wedding gowns yeah. and and the whole bridal wedding. dresses. Or- bridal, yeah, um, she actually was. What, what, what is this here? She was an Olympic figure, or she fa- or she tried to be an Olympic figure. She Skater. failed to yeah. make the Olympic figure skating team. Uh, Olympic figure. Uh, she was an Olympic figure. <laughs> Somehow involved with the Olympics, one way or the other. But uh, she was an Olympic figure skating, or she was trying to be at least. And uh, she didn't actually uh, get to do that. She failed. Like they, they, she just, I guess, failed tryouts yeah. multiple times. Damn. Um, and then ended up trying to apply for a position at Vogue. I'm not sure where the transition went from the Olympics, you know, to I Vogue. Know. I kind of see it because there's like a fashion involved in Olympic. Oh, absolutely! You know what I mean? Like, I mean, you gotta, just just the the, the outfit alone, alone. But you know? like, uh, where did her interest come in? That's yeah. what I'm curious about. I'm I mean, intrigued. I'm pretty sure there's a story somewhere about it. But um, went from there, failed at Vogue, right? Wasn't able to get the editor in chief position there, and then was like, you know what? Fuck it, I'm doing my own thing. And then designed her first dress at 40. Yo, like 40. That's crazy. That's, that's crazy. like that's a long time to to like. I mean, I know she knew what she was doing, but, like, that's a long time for what society would say, like, not knowing what you're doing with your life. Absolutely. I mean, it's, like, the same, it's, yeah. it's another Stephen King type. Yeah, or no, no, exactly. it's another Stan Lee type situation. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's just like, bro, it's about that time. You, yeah. Like, you, you need to get a real job. You, you need to be 
you know, you got to do something constructive and conducive yeah. towards a better society. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> constructive and conducive. But, oh, you know, man. it's it just goes to show you people have patience. If you have patience, if you have patience, because yeah. it can be terrifying. I mean, it's scary. It's scary right now. And I'm in my 20s. Mm. You know what I mean? It's scary just Dang. being like, oh, man, when I turn 30, I'm just like, and I don't have my shit together. Like, like well. <laughs> what am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. how are people going to think of me? And then here I am reading about Stan Lee and Vera Wang. 40. At 40. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy, man. Wait, and other 40-year-olds, other casual honorable mentions include Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Well, technically he was 34 when he got his first film role ever with, uh, or no, that was, that was Samuel L. Jackson. Or, no, no, no. That was Morgan Freeman. <laughs> that, was Morgan, I just said that, that was Morgan Freeman. That was Morgan Freeman. Not all black people look the same. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> so Morgan Freeman, 34, right. driving Miss Daisy. Then 50. He was 34 when that yes. came out? No. Yes. Dang. No, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was. He was young, man. Yeah, he really was. Driving Miss Daisy. And then wow. 52 landed his first major film, Glory. That's Morgan Freeman. Samuel Jackson didn't get his first major role until he was 46. Yo, that's a long time. And Samuel Jackson is was at one point either the highest earning Hollywood star or the highest earning black Hollywood star. Um, and Morgan Freeman has literally, I think, the, the top fourth uh, highest office box income or payroll in total. Or like, not payroll, but like the, the highest generating. Interesting. Well, okay, so he did he do, was did he do Planet? Or Earth? Or, wait. Or like one of those shows? Like narrate for it? Yeah, didn't he narrate something? I feel like he probably did. I, I don't feel remember. like he narrated something, and I don't he's, remember he's been what around. it is. He's been doing a lot of things. Yeah. Speaking but. of which, I did, like I don't know if you know this, but like I think it's Planet is is the um, rated the best television show ever. Wait, Planet Earth? I think it's Planet Earth, yeah. That would totally make sense. That is a is the best TV, TV show ever. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's amazing. IMDb rated that. So I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. I, <laughs> their views do not represent our own. Right? Exactly. I get. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Although Rick and Morty is also in the top ten, and they've only had what three seasons? Three seasons. Yeah. Damn. Which is wild. Accomplishments. Which is wild. But we say all this to say, everything takes time. Do, don't stress so much on how long it's taking. As long as you still love it, and as long as you yes. have something you want to get good at or you are good at, yes. and you feel like it's... And and you don't need necessarily the validation for it, but if you feel like things are going in the right direction, just keep going. Just, like, do it. Just don't, do it. Do don't. it for you, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do it... Don't do it for the fame and... Because, you know, that's, that's what I get from a lot of these stories. Hmm. Is that... Did J.K. Rowling really think she was going to get famous off of Harry Potter while she was writing Harry Potter? Now, could you even write something knowing if you had the knowledge that you would become a billionaire off of something? Yeah. Or that you could or couldn't. Like, there was like a 50-50 chance. Yeah. I couldn't even write that because I I, I, I feel, or make something to the, you know, that extent. I, yeah. I feel so stressed at if it weren't the billion-dollar idea. Yeah. Like, you you can't know that. You can't know you can't. this thing is no. going to be this amazing. Yeah. So you just have to make it for wherever you feel, you know, its value yeah. lies in, in yourself. You and have to the, make that for yourself. That's the thing, like, especially in the J.K. Rowling story, is that she was writing it because it was one of the things that she was doing in her life that did not make her feel depressed. Yeah. You know, she was doing it therapeutically for her. Absolutely. That's just, yeah. So it just goes to show, time 
perseverance, and just self-care. Yes. Are really the things that are going to help you pop off. Yeah. Do it for you. Do it for you. It and for things you. will come when they need to go. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. People will notice. Because people will know. Because it's genuine. If it's real. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's if real. It's quality and it's, it's, it's genuinely, authentically you, it will pop off in one way or another. Yeah. Even in the way you least expect it. But, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's neither here nor there. So, hopefully you enjoyed that little... A tangential conversation, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. but uh, you know we wanted to we wanted to show you some influences and some some people that that have made it. Just give you some yeah. of that solace, something just knowing things are gonna be okay. They were okay. They they can be okay for you. Yes, you know. Yes, not everybody is. Things good. will get better. Things will get better. Things will, get things better. will be just fine. Yes, and yes. things take time. Keep chugging along. So until next time, what is what do we have planned for next week? Oh God, you would ask me. <laughs> <laughs> So next week we are. It's actually Record Store Day. Work weekend. Record Store Day weekend. Record State. Record. 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 Store. Do that, bro. Those transitions. Killed it. Killed it. DJ. (laughs) So we're gonna be going in a record store and doing an on location recording. Uh, Going in, finding some dope vinyl. And you know, finding some uh, new artists to kind of highlight, um, you know, for this for next week's episode yes. that are releasing stuff via vinyl. Uh, yes. Prime example: Kate Trinata and Robert Glass's project. Hey yo, that's coming out of vinyl. That's wild. We should count that. Yeah. And there'll be plenty more. Uh, but that is next week. So be hyped, be excited. And again, if you have any comments or advice or questions, hit us up over Twitter, yeah. Facebook, or the website at thousandstory.co slash contact. Um, but if you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can hit us up at at thousandstory underscore, and that is an actual underscore, not the word underscore. Uh, or hit us up individually. So my handles uh, for both Twitter and Instagram are at Mr. Boy. That's M-R-N-A-J-I-B-O-Y. And I go by at L Pontillo. That's L-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O on Instagram and at Luis Pontillo that's L-U-I-S-P-O-N-T-I-L-L-O on Twitter beautiful so hit us up hit us up and leave a review you know what I'm saying we survive and thrive on reviews so if you're using iTunes or any other podcast app that you know aggregates from iTunes hit us with that review please we want to share a little love and and knowledge with all of our peers shout out to everyone that has been listening so far love you you guys are real the best for sure the best so until then we shall see you next week I'm Najee I'm Luis. This is the Thousand Story Podcast signing out. Peace. Peace. <laughs>